Yeah, this is Tyler Yonke, Between Two Wheels Podcast. Hey. Chris and Kurt. Chris, how much uh, what do we have left in the in the women's race? Uh, I'm not sure. They were at 16.1K to go, and it's been bumped up to 19.5K to go. So uh, so they're going the wrong way. They, they made it some wrong turn. Or Kurt pointed out there's a strong wind out here, so they might have been blown back a little. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Thanks for uh, another edition and joining us on another edition of the Between Two Wheels Podcast. We are coming to you live from the Tour of California Stage one for the women, stage five for the men, correct? Yes, uh, that's yeah. right. And and how was your lunch? Lunch was really good. Yeah. It was provided. Media, media gets gets it all, right? Pretty yeah. fancy? Yeah. You, Chris I had a candy bar. Chris didn't have a gluten-free option, so he's a little angry, but... Hangry, right? There uh, you go. <laughs> okay, so do you want to... Th- th- we got stage one here for the women. They're coming in. It's pan flat. Elk Grove, the head down, they went a little uh, east, south, down to almost to Lodi, turned back, and they're, right? Well, that direction. They went south, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I looked at the map. Lodi was the nearest thing around there. Okay, true. Uh, I didn't say they made it to there. And then they're coming back up to Elk Grove. Um, what do you What do you want to say about the, the city of Elk Grove? Welcomed us, uh, welcomed us with open arms this morning. Hot breath on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, didn't think you were going to make it out of the city. <laughs> We did have a little police uh, issue this morning. Uh, maybe we'll get into that after the tour of California is over. Yeah, I mean, wind, I, I think we all thought wind would be a factor in Elk Grove. Um, I don't think it's going to be as much of a factor. Uh, I think it's only like seven to seven to nine miles per hour. As Chris mentioned, maybe it's picking up a little bit out there, but I don't think it's going to cause an issue in any of these races. 
right? I don't think so. I mean, you saw the break today. With the the men are two forty something up right now. Yeah. Uh, what is the women at, Chris? Uh, right now, it looks like um, there's one rider away solo, thirty second gap. They're now at seventeen and a half k to go. And when they make the churn away from the river back toward Elk Grove, they're going to be riding a pretty big tailwind. I was know that a time gap, though? Did you have a time 30 gap? 30 seconds. Oh, 30 seconds. Yeah, so, yeah, we're not talking much here. So the wind isn't strong, but it's it's definitely picked up throughout the day here. And we have, so it's going to be a sprinter day. Yeah. And it looks like um, Corn Rivera, we, she, we saw her. This, she's in the race, obviously a good sprinter. Emma White. Um, there's a there's several of them out there. Chloe Diger. Chloe Diger. Yeah. Um, would you and would you you know we can see we're here at the at the sprint sprint finish, um, you know they had the last what three fifty barriered off, uh, but it comes in pretty straight from I would say well beyond that. Yeah. Like the little turn there, but um, I looked at the map. I guess the last two miles they do a right hand turn, and then they do another little left hand turn to the coming into the finish. Got a little wind coming out here. And it's then um, picking up so all the, of a sudden. Yeah, so I don't yeah. think I mean the, I don't think the, those corners are going to cause. Let's say for the men's even, they're not going to cause you to uh, to miss the sprint. But if you're not up there, it might help you. I guess. I mean, if you are up there, it could help solidify your position a little right. bit. Yeah. Okay, so we went. We came here today. We saw the the announcements. All the women sign in. You know, as the media, um, we got good access. Chris, you were taking some video and. Yeah, no, we, we got to see Toll do a, an introduction of the different teams, a few select interviews, and, and kind of got to get some behind-the-scenes the action, which was pretty cool. Some photos, some video, some audio. So good stuff. Yeah, we'll try to capture maybe some more audio. <laughs> what do you... No, I'm just I'm laughing because if you were here, you could have watched all the same stuff. No. But we actually no. got to stand... Three feet behind us. Right, yes. Three feet further forward. When there was no, it wasn't like there was anybody who was pushing forward. No, but they did check those credentials pretty tough, though. If anything, we just had to dodge Dave Toll's, you know, spittle a little. <laughs> yeah, we were up close. More often. Yeah, it was like a was that Gallagher where he's like banging the fruit, killing the watermelons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, how about a quick recap of what we have for the first four stages of this tour of Anjum for the men? We have stage one was in Long Beach. Um, total sprint finish. Gaviria wins it. Does some little elbows, argy bargy, with one of the uh, action boys. Um, I found that stage to be extremely boring. Anybody yeah. else? Uh, I, I would agree. I think it's something that they probably could have had the same result if they, instead of twelve laps, did four. You know, just give people a opportunity to see the course, get up to speed, sprint, done. But yeah. it was it was like a down and back on the road. I mean, kind of like one side, then they're coming back on the other. It just it seemed pretty pretty benign and boring but um that's what you have some you know i guess every stage you know a little different you can't always have gibraltar so the next day you have gibraltar right. big climb up to the finish and sky sets it on fire egan bernal takes off with like 2k i want to say and tj and Tullhook try to go with him and just don't quite handle it so he looks very very convincing in his win. Yeah, who was uh who's the sky guy that was just hammering tempo on the front there for a bulk of the climb? 
And he ended up shedding Paulus and quite a few others. So Tao Gogan, Gagan, yeah. yeah, yeah, he looked really strong. Yeah, he did, and he he gave a good shout out to. He's like, hey, I, I'm here riding. You know, I'm with Sky, but I grew up, you know, and developed with the action team. And he's like, I really want to give them a lot of credit for my development and where I'm at. And it's kind of cool to to see that. And then he smashed a time trial yesterday as well. Yeah, he passed um, McNulty. Yes, a mechanical, or he had a flat, or whatever <laughs> it ended up being. But yeah, it was a. Uh, it was an impressive TT by by Tao Gegenhart. Yeah, the, well, McNulty had to change bikes in the middle of his TT, which Chris Chris gives him credit for about twenty seconds um, uh, slow down. But I think that it you know at nineteen years old to have something like that happen on a downhill where you've got to stop your bike, lose all your momentum, get back on it, it that probably cost him quite a bit of time. So. 25 seconds, you think? <laughs> well, my, I, I, I kind of agree. I mean, there's a lot of things you're saying, hey, different power meter, and, you know, all the data. No and, power meter. No, yeah, yeah that, or whatever. Um, but from the, he was on a descent, which is pretty tricky to, you know, downhill, and he pulls over, gets a new bike. But Gegenhart passed him, it was several minutes after that on the flat, so... Uh, and he put in a good time. But I don't, I don't know that it's enough to have made a, a difference to the point where he's now contending for the overall to the same extent. I don't know. He was in third place, right? No, Nagtow, but um, McNulty. <laughs> okay, well, he's not contending for the overall no, but, I mean, to the same extent. He's what, Knight? I'm saying if he hadn't have flatted, I still don't know that he would have, it would have been a difference of a, a minute. We, we don't know. Yeah, and obviously he wouldn't. <laughs> have I, say, I say I say no. <laughs> he wouldn't have been able to put the time that, that TJ put into that TT, which was which was pretty impressive. Yeah, so, so we missed, uh, stage three was into... Monterey, and it had some little punchy stuff. Tom Squeen stays away with Sean Bennett. Um, uh, he's in the action team as well, right? Should give a shout out to the local boy Nielsen Palace for eighth place at the uh, time trial after a little bit of a rough stage two yeah. as well. That was a good bounce back for him. And he made the the we wouldn't really call it a select group, but he made the reduced field into the finish at at Laguna Seca. So that was, you know back-to-back cat three climbs which which is no joke at, at, at the speeds they're going so it was uh, good to see him rebound as well as he did yeah it would be interesting to know you know he was so promising obviously and he still is about a few years ago on the continental <laughs> where um this is kind of the focus and then he goes to the world tour team and i'm not belittling his talent or anything <laughs> i'm just saying it's a different focus um i heard sep cuss talk about he's like i just all year it's just kind of feeling like i'm on the back heel you know they've got different duties. They're out doing some of these, you know, much bigger races with a lot of workload for them. It's not like they're the the king of the hill in the continental, and they just prepare and, and are rested for this race either. Yeah, well, actually, I think we're, Chris and I were maybe talking about this a little bit with uh, Nielsen in particular. So it was two years ago that he had that really good Gibraltar climb yeah. at the uh, Tour of California, and then this is his first year, obviously, in the World Tour. Previously, he had been coming off uh, a pretty big continental race schedule where he had probably done Joe Martin, uh, did Redlands, maybe did, gosh, San Dimas or Coffee Republic on Saturdays. Coffee Republic on Saturdays. Um, but he, would, he was coming into it, obviously, you know, really, really fit, probably as fit as he's ever been and, and was able to go out there and kill it. His race schedule this year hasn't been as heavy and it's his first year on the world tour. So it might be a little bit tougher for him to kind of figure out how to come into a race like this. I, uh, I Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's not the focus for him and well, so anyway, I already said that. Yeah. But yeah. And yeah. And it's going to be a few years and, and it also brings about kind of the impressiveness of Egan Bernal of, being kind of in the similar situation um, and yet being where he's at. 
That is true. Where is that he kid now? is. <laughs> well, he's uh, fir- well, he's not in first place, but it's true. I, I was second place. You get second. You're yeah. gonna take this wrong, but he's still ahead of Nilsson Pallas. Right. I think uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. So he's only. Uh, let's get to the results here. So he's only. I think I want to say tw- oh, my phone's messing up now. Twenty some, thirty some seconds. Uh, he's like twenty five seconds off the lead. Twenty three seconds. Twenty three seconds off the lead, yeah, which is going to make tomorrow exceptionally exciting. Right. Maybe. I mean, I'm hoping a lot of climbing. You know, they've always said before that that stage up there. You know, it's it's not it's not Gibraltar type of climbing, but it's just it's going to twelve thousand, fourteen thousand feet or so of climbing. Um, and so when you have Gegenhart in third and Bernal in second. They can start firing salvos from d- two different people, and and you know make BMC have to chase. Who knows what's going to be able to? Well, it's, it's kind of interesting too because you have to fire, like if you're going to attack, you have to attack from a long ways out before that downhill into South Lake, right? So yeah, uh, you have to take some pretty big chances. It'll be interesting to see if Sky wants to do that. I hope they do. Well, uh, yeah, I, I imagine. I don't know why they wouldn't. Uh, they come here to win. Might as well. They have yeah, some young sure. guys. They're not going to make up time on s- Saturday, so they've got to. Got to go for it tomorrow. I'm no. just wondering if you don't look at TJ a couple of times on the climb and say, okay, well, he's looking, he looks good. Or maybe you throw a couple of attacks in if he covers them. If you say, okay, well, we don't want to risk losing our two GC positions right now by going all in. So, well, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see strategically how that plays out. Um, I almost think that tomorrow is a better day for TJ than Gibraltar. Um, because the climbing's it's all day, it's a lot of sustained over and over, and that's his Tour de France type of stuff. You know, we've seen him in Grand Tours do just fine on big long climbs. And the gradients, yeah, the gradients are not extreme. No, yeah, right. they're not going up. Uh, what is it, Ponderosa or what's that what really steep thing out there we do <laughs> for us? Yeah, Skeeter Ridge. No, uh, yeah, yeah. Is uh, where's Tao in the in the overall right now? Well, I believe he's third. Is he third? Okay. Yeah, that's too bad. Oh, so okay. You could shoot him up in the break and then. Have Bernal try and bridge across that later and, and leave TJ behind. Now, this is saying TJ and then Bernal, 23, Danny Martinez at 37, Tal Gegenhardt at 52. So maybe I was wrong about uh, the standings there. Um, let's look at the overall leaders. Yeah, so 52 seconds. So he's in fourth place. Yates in fifth at 107. That starts to stretch it. So, I, don't, I mean, you don't want to let uh, Tal get up the road with, you know, he's only 52 seconds behind. That could that could obviously happen. But uh, you're saying you don't think you don't? Repeat what you just said about Sky and then. Well, if if Tao was like 10 minutes back, then he'd be able to get in the break because oh, people yeah, yeah. wouldn't be worried. Um, and then Bernal could potentially bridge across to him and they can work together to distance TJ. But with Tao being as close as he is, they're not going to let him go. And I don't know who Sky brought that is as strong as of a supporter as, as Tao. Well, you say they might not let him go, but I mean, that's the whole thing. Then they have to watch him. So they have to mark him at some point. Right. Uh, of getting up the road yeah and then if they do you know how much uh, resources do they have to, to to keep this in check for tj yeah so it'll be fun that my point is i was thinking after the the gibraltar that it was just done and dusted and you know Bernal puts up a time trial like his uh national championships show that he should have <laughs> been able to do um the colombian yeah the colombian national championships yeah, they're yes. a hotbed of right no well i don't think there was a ton of time trial talent yeah, in that field. But it's yeah. like when the Schlecks used to always have a, their TT for Luxembourg or something like that. Right, Who's yeah. coming out of there? Exactly. All right, so how much, uh, what do we have left for, for this stage? Women have here? a little under 10K to go. It looks like 8K to go at this point, and they'll be coming in pretty quick to the finish. we got to go. Okay, yeah. so let's go check go. that out, and then we'll see what we have afterwards. Bye.
Okay, so now we're near the finish. They're yelling it up. I think there's a little bit left. We're right on the finish line. I can't see the, the field coming in yet because I'm kind of obscured, but I'll be able to see them coming across the line. Looking at Chris over there. He's got his camera. He's going to take some pictures. Chris, uh, Kurt has also got his ready to film. And then we have, uh, looks like Kristen uh, Armstrong. She's doing some live feed for the NBC studios. She's right next to us here. But um, we're not going to get a... I'm going to talk to her. Anyway, let's see what we can have. All right, they just said uh, 2K to go. And women's is not being broadcast on the television, so it's hard to follow along other than hearing Dave Toll yelling about it, trying to see if he has a feed. I'm looking at him right here. 2K all together. 2K all together. All right, so a little behind the scenes here. Dave Toll is up there talking. He does not have a feed. So he has a whiteboard, and someone's just writing on it. 2K all together. That's the only thing he has to, to go on himself, but he's rattling it off pretty good. All right, they came by so fast, I did not see the win, so we'll get the uh, info up here a little later, but it was all together, sprint finish, everyone looks to be safe. I uh, just saw Katie Compton, it looks like, go by. Some of these still struggling in. There's Ali Dragu, hope she got the same time, she's a little off the back. And still some others coming through as well. Must have been a really fast last 2K, blowing some of these ladies out. Um, with the field sprint. Others still coming through. 38, 39 seconds back. Looks like that's the finish. All right, so now I'm over with Chris and Kurt. You got some pictures, Kurt? Yeah. Uh, Chris? Anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I'm, 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 I'm recording. Okay. Did you see who, who came across? Did you get some good pictures? I got some good pictures, but I don't know who the rider is. Looks like she's with um, Tipco. Tipco, yeah. They were saying Ryan, last name? Kendall Ryan. Kendall Ryan. Kendall Ryan, okay. And you got some video? I got some great video, yeah. That's yeah, pretty exciting. Um, we actually didn't have the best view because of the, the banner, but um, we saw her come across the line. She seemed pretty happy. Yeah, I was over here, and I was going to try to do Facebook Live real quick, and then I looked up and they were <laughs> across the line, so that didn't work. They said they got 1K to go, and then they were here like 10 seconds later. That, yeah. That's a fast 1K. I, I'm impressed. Looks like Rivera 5th. And then uh, Rally coming in second, and then one of the Canyon Riders third. I don't know who got fourth though. Maybe Emma White was uh, Rally. What's that? Emma White maybe Rally. Could be. Yeah, I'm not sure. White or Erica Lar. I'm not sure. Good finish though, fast. Yeah, fast. yeah. So it looks good for the men. What do you think we're gonna? What? I think Erica Aller would be probably the one that got the sprint there. I mean, she, she wins you know, sprint series, all that southern stuff that they do. All right, so the question is, what do we do for the men? Who are we picking for the men? Where are we going to stand for the men? Is this a decent spot, or should we find a better spot? Uh, we could probably find a better spot, but I don't, I don't know. I think we should probably go across the road. I think we might be able to see a little further down and maybe go beyond the banner. Wait, so you're saying people without media credentials standing with them, they have a better spot than us? I'm saying that, yeah, the every, it, it's all in what you pay, I guess, uh, to get out here. But, yeah. I got a free lunch, so I guess you under, understand. All right. All right, so we're waiting for the men to come in. I, I am recording this time. How far out are they, Chris? Okay. Okay, so they're coming in quick. We're looking at the, we're at the start finish line in the media area, and Kurt just pointed something out. What did you uh, what did you observe, Kurt? I, I pointed out that the they have to make a really sharp left hand turn after they come across the sprint finish, 
Um, and it could be a little bit dangerous for the guy uh, who's, who's winning and might have his hands in the air. Yeah, because on the left side, too, is the camera's set up. They've they got media people. And I know these guys are pros at this, but that's a hard left. They have no choice. You can't go through the... Well, you, yeah, it'll be, it'll be difficult if they don't make the left turn. And it's like 50 meters, wouldn't you say? Yeah, maybe 75, just to argue. All right, well, so hopefully no carnage there. We just saw... Uh, out on the road, Cavendish, it looked like he flatted. I don't know if there's a wreck or something, but um, he's trying to get back in. So we'll, we'll see what happens after that. You have any other comments before this? Uh, looks like Cavendish right now might be able to make it back. <laughs> uh, oh, because he's sucking on the back of the tailpipe of the car. What, what do you think, Chris? I don't think he's got a shot. It's going to get fast, and uh, it's going to take a big effort to get back across. Yeah, it's kind of nasty. All right, we'll see. All right, they're coming into the finisher. I can, oh, you ain't hitting the front with Gaviria. Gaviria. Look like he's just walking away with this. Holy smokes. I mean, we just kind of let them dangle out there for a little bit, and uh, teams were like, eh, this is, this is not what we want. We wanted to come down to a sprint. Um, lots of teams came with uh, really, really intense sprinters, and I uh, just was happy to be amongst them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in the last uh, K and a half, um, our plan was to rush the field and uh, come up on the right side. And uh, my teammates and I, we were drag racing the wiggle train, and uh, yeah, they just dropped me off in, in the scrum of the in the scrum of the sprint. And yeah, I just kind of fished my way through everyone and, and so, popped out at the right moment. So the wind it was coming in the last section. It was coming from your left, I imagine. So you guys were you said you were situated. What other teams were really working hard to try to make sure this came down to a sprint? Yeah, Sunweb was, you know, pretty motivated to lead out Corinne. Uh, my sister's team, Canyon Strand, they were motivated to sprint for her. Yeah, I mean, almost every team in the Peloton wanted to come down to a sprint, and uh, I think there was really only, like, two or three teams that were looking to get someone up the road. So, yeah, I think the majority of everyone favored the sprint, and, yeah, I'm just really happy it came down to that and that I could get the opportunity to sprint. So it looks like to me on the map, about the last two miles, there was a right-hander and then a left-hander before the last. 350 or so did any of that cause any issue or did it help you move into the right position uh, it actually helped us move into the right position um, we our goal was to be on the inside for the right hand turn and then uh, be able to swing wide um, on the left hand turn on the right and just stay out of the, stay tucked out of the wind and uh, yeah I mean my my teammates just put me in this perfect spot and I was able to just Popped out at the right moment. I don't even, yeah, I don't even know what happened. I'm pretty sure I blacked out. So, I, no, I want to talk about the sprint, but that's that's good recon. Was that uh, Ed, your your manager, or how did that come about? And do you think other teams were thinking that far ahead as to which corners to come out of on what side? Yeah, I mean, we were uh, we were like, okay, well, before the race, we're gonna go pre-ride the finish and just kind of see how it plays out and what would be the ideal scenario for us. And yeah, we just that was our game plan, and and we stuck to it. And uh, I was just super happy that my teammates never gave up and they just executed the plan perfectly that's great so where did you hit the front at how far from the finish do you know uh, I think I I went early right as uh, right as Emma White went I saw her go early and and everyone hadn't started their sprint yet probably I don't know 300 meters to go or so and uh, yeah I just got into a slipstream and just was able to pop around her <laughs> so um, you said you did not expect this and why not uh, you know, I mean, there's teams here that uh, these girls have been on form all year, and I've been waiting for my win, and I didn't, I didn't expect coming, <laughs> come into this race and just immediately like 
coming through with the win. I just I thought I would I would maybe have a shot on Saturday, but just this is really blown my confidence out of proportion. I'm just so happy that that I was able to make this happen. Now, one of my podcast hosts had been stalking you a little bit, and he said you had some uh, QOMs up in uh, Grass Valley. What's what's up with that? Uh, so, yeah, I don't think they're uphill. I think they're uh, the descents, because uh, I like to shred the descents, and that's that's my jam. So sprinting and descending, you know, I'm, I'm hunting those QOMs. I love it. <laughs> so tomorrow, is that is that a day for you to just kind of enjoy the yellow jersey and... Uh, see how the race plays out or you have a different role yeah tomorrow will be you know a day that I'll always remember to be able to wear the yellow jersey in a race that's the first time for me and and I'm just gonna absolutely dig myself into a hole and and stay there for my teammates um, as long as I can and and uh, yeah let them unleash on the climbs so the men's race is just finished you're still hanging around here obviously just enjoying the jersey as much as possible is that the plan just kind of hang around and uh, soak it up yeah, I just got finished with uh, interviews and anti-doping, and yeah, just to be able to be a part of the, the live feed and, and be on live television and and show the women are badass too. So. No, it was a great race today, and congratulations. Thanks again for talking to us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. I'm with Ed Beeman, right? That's right. You're managing now the women's TIBCO team. And um, you obviously had a winner today. Congratulations. Thanks so much, Tyler. Um, she described coming into the finish and how your team was setting up due to the wind on the corners. Was that due to your knowledge and kind of your preparation? Yeah, well, we, we got up here early, especially so we could take a good look at the finish. And the girls got out and rode the last 4K a couple of times. And, uh, and then we got back together and talked it through and kind of broke it down. Um, really good on-the-bike management by uh, Allison Jackson who is Kendall's, you know, lead out in this. And, um, and then we talked all the way through the last 5K. And, uh, you know, I, we, we've really felt that if we could get Kendall a view of the line, that she could, she's got the speed to bring it. And, uh, you know, today the girls just did a tremendous job of putting her in place. She made it sound that she wasn't so confident coming into this. Uh, obviously, you had the, the gumption and the, the ability or the confidence in her. Well done. But um, what, what is that? Does she just need a few more wins like this to get that? You know, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a win like this will give you confidence in a hurry. Um, you know, I, I mean, sprinting is a confidence game. And, and I think in some cases, maybe Kendall hasn't had as much belief. Uh, but, it, but it's also a function of getting the team together and getting the right kind of lead out and, and preparation coming to the line. And as a newer team, we've had to dial that in a little bit. And so we've had some near misses. Um, but each of those near misses is a learning experience, and I think today they, they did a great job of putting it together. Yeah, well, definitely. So what about your involvement? How long have you, you just have joined the team this year, is that correct, or two years ago? Yeah, 2014 was my first year with TIBCO. TIBCO has is, is, you know, been around since 2007, I believe. Uh, Linda Jackson is the, is, the, is the founder of the team. Uh, but so this will be my basically my fourth season with the team. And my apologies. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> So um, you have a, a storied career in cycling as far as managing goes, way back to the Navigators days, right? Did it start back earlier than that? Uh, yeah, from a management perspective, it started with Navigators, um, and that was in 94. So, yeah, been around a while. Yeah, I, I used to race and saw you out there and about, so good for you. How, when did that end, and what was your, your gap between Navigators and whatever it was from there to Hill? Yeah, you know, towards the end of Navigators, we also had a women's team uh, that was sponsored by Lipton T. So that was my first kind of experience uh, working with women. Kristen Armstrong was on that team. Um, 
from when Navigators oh. ended in 2007, and then we went on to uh, do something with the startup of Team Type 1, and then work with uh, V Australia, Pure Black, and then finally a few years ago did the Champion System team, which was a Chinese-registered uh, pro-continental team. And as that team ended, I you know, found this opportunity to work with Linda and, uh, um, and the TIPCO Silicon Valley Bank team, and uh, I'm pretty happy here. What's, what's the biggest difference between working with men and the women? Or is this okay? <laughs> Jeez, if you have to ask that question, dude, there's an education involved. No, seriously. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, you know, for me, one of the really exciting things about women's cycling is the hunger to learn and the need to learn. Because a lot of the women, especially in North America, they get involved in the sport coming from other sports. So Kendall's kind of a rare commodity in that she's been racing since she was eight or nine years old. So. There's, there's a, um, from a management perspective, there's a real tangible reward system to watching these girls develop and, and become mature athletes. The other thing is the Women's World Tour right now is like really on fire, and I think it's a really hot spot in the sport right now, and it's really fun to be a part of it. Last question, what's your, your plan after the Calif after Tour of California? What do you guys have coming up in kind of the end of the season? Yeah, well, we, we head back to the East Coast. There's uh, the Winston-Salem race and then Gatineau, which is a women's only event in Canada, and then national championships. And then we take a, a small break and then we head back to the continent and we'll spend the, most of the rest of the season in Europe. Okay, I good luck to you guys and I really appreciate you talking to me today. Thanks, Dave. All right, so we uh, when we left off, there was a, a pretty mad dash going into the finish of the race. I think we had just found out that, that Cavendish had picked up a flat tire and was uh, fighting his way back in through the, uh, the caravan of cars. Uh, we're on our drive back home at this point, so the race is done and dusted, but we'll kind of give you some quick updates on what had happened. So Cav was able to, to kind of use some of the, the caravan to roll back into the group. Um, with about 8K to go, Caleb Ewan got a flat tire. Uh, based on the results, he was able to get his way back into the group. With about 4K to go, K, uh, Marcel Kittle got a flat. Uh, he did not make it back in. Just after that, there was a pretty big crash that took out quite a bit of the field. Um, and through all that, uh, the Peloton was able to chase in the, uh, the three remaining riders that were out front and uh, came down to a sprint finish. Um, quick steps, Fernando Gaviria took the win with Caleb Ewan coming in second and Peter Sagan coming in third. So through all that, uh, TJ maintains the yellow jersey. Um, with second place, Caleb Ewan takes over the points jersey from Egan Bernal. And I don't think there was any change in the mountain jersey. I think Egan Bernal still has that. So pretty exciting finish. We were able to kind of get a good vantage of it there. And yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that we did not get to see Cav or, or Kittle really mix into the sprint, uh, but hopefully that won't be the case on Saturday. Uh, so now they're making their way up to Folsom for a pretty hefty climbing day tomorrow. And uh, we were in the, in the press conference afterward, and it sounds like TJ is, is pretty happy with where he's at. Um, he said he's not all that concerned about Sky's Tao Gegenhart, and uh, he's got com uh, confidence in his team to uh, to keep him in, in the yellow jersey through tomorrow. So, Any thoughts from uh, from Kurt on, on how the day shook out? Um, no, I, I'm sorry. 
You hold it. Okay. I got it. I got it. a few thoughts. It looks like Gegenhardt lost a bit of time. They gave him a 23-second uh, loss on the day. Um, also, on that wreck, some action kid was holding his wrist like it had been severed or something. It was a little bit more than just, ah, oh, I've got to hurt. I mean, right? Yeah, it definitely didn't look like a routine crash where he was just kind of bruised up. I mean, it was something where it looked like there may have been some kind of compound fracture or or bone sticking out. I'm, I'm hopefully he's okay. Uh, the the imagery was a little difficult to see because we were looking at a a big screen at the at the finish line. Yeah. What was the what was the most um, unique thing you saw today? Any anything Euro? Anything Euro? I wouldn't necessarily say the most unique thing that I saw was Euro, but it was interesting seeing uh, Bob Roll and Jens Voigt huddled around like a 15-inch computer monitor sheltered by cardboard to watch the men's race unfold. So you think that they would um, they would have something a little more high-tech for the guys than that. How about yourself? Yeah, well, it was nice cardboard, and it said on there, Jens TV. Oh, did it really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I stood right behind them, but I got a good good spot in there, and I did try to, you know, you guys know this, I tried to talk to Bob after the race, because I was like, hey, it's the 30th anniversary of uh, Andy Hampson winning the Giro, and I just wanted to talk to him, and he had some, he said he had some <clears throat> things to do, so I got his email, and we'll, we'll connect at some point, but um, other than that, no, oh, there's Jens right there, he's getting gas, <laughs> he looks lost. How about you, Kurt, what was uh, one of the more interesting things you saw? Uh, yeah, like you said, it was it's, it was interesting to see behind the scenes how little um, they had to work with, especially the media crew. I mean, they didn't have much equipment or much better stuff than uh, like we had, for example. Um, almost the same information sources, it seemed. So when we're, we're back there and, we're, you know, the live announcers, it's Dave Toll and Brad Sonner, and they're doing the announcing. And I, I was videoing them at one point. I'm showing them, and then I going down to Bob and Jens looking at this little TV, and then back up to these two guys who are looking at the big screen. And they're announcing. Um, they they were going crazy. I mean, they were like red faced. Not Bob and uh, Jens, but uh, Brad and and Dave Toll. Red faced, yelling, going, and and then Dave's like just talking really fast, and he like elbows Brad. Then Brad takes over. It was it was a uh, it was a good good show. That's good. That's good to hear. They, they're still enjoying it at this uh, many editions of the race. But I think the other thing that was cool to see is just how efficient uh, the crew is at getting things put together, ushering the race along, getting the podiums done. And it was it just seemed really smooth, which was good to see. Yeah. So we talked to uh, the winner of the women's race, Kendall Ryan. I also talked to her manager, and we'll, we, we'll put that in this episode as well. Uh, but pretty exciting for her. She did not seem to... Uh, be expecting this necessarily but i think the team did and um anyway it's it'll be she doesn't expect to hold on to it tomorrow but it'll be interesting for all of them tomorrow that's all i've got yeah um obviously it's gonna be a tough tough race for her tomorrow it's not really something geared for a sprinter like she is so uh, it sounded like she was just uh, gung-ho to try and support her teammate and and keep the the jersey and the team in some capacity so so should make for a good day what do we have tomorrow uh, starts in Folsom, ends in Tahoe, climbs a lot. I think they go Folsom through Placerville, up and over, Emigrant Gap, around Kirkwood, uh, down actually into Nevada 
uh, and then up Kingsburg grade over to um, South Lake Tahoe. And I think they're going to be ultimately finishing on the kind of same ski run kicker finish that they've done in the past. So uh, a lot of climbing, nothing, uh, no, no Gibraltar style climbs, just a lot of really long, uh, five-ish percent grades across many miles so not something where you would expect to see somebody make a, a blistering attack but you never know how that'll play out and do you know about the women's that their their race i know they're doing a, a tahoe loop um, not around lake tahoe itself but um yeah it looks like they uh they're gonna kind of leave south lake go up and over the the highway 89 summit do kind of a loop to the southeast of of lake tahoe come up uh, Dagger Summit back into South Lake Tahoe, same finish as the men. So, looks like they got a Cat Two, a Cat One, and a Cat Three climb throughout the day with a with a sprint option in there. So, should be a tough day, and should be obviously the, the deciding day for the uh, for the yellow jersey. What are some facts uh, do you know of <clears throat> for Folsom besides the prison? Uh, besides the prison, <laughs> there's a lake there. Um, it's a gold boom town. Uh, I think it dates back to the 1850s. It's uh, growing in size every every year it seems. So it's uh, it's becoming more and more um, diverse in terms of uh, what you can do out there. There's a lot of outdoor activity. It's a it's just a fun place to be. And they're actually going to be starting the race at the rodeo ground. So there's an annual rodeo in Folsom. So even though they've got all the the new development out there, they've got some uh, some old timey charm. So. We are uh, today was Stockton to Elk Grove. Uh, looked them both up. They're not in the most dangerous and or the worst place to live in California. So you got that going for you. Um, nickname Mudville Tuleyburg. Um, so so long, Mudville. Hardly knew you. <laughs>